Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There is no better group of plants for flower power than forms of the Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. Today, I'm joined by a titan of global gardening. GardenX are the UK's Federation of Garden and Leisure Manufacturers. And with Brexit on the horizon, I'm joined by their Director General, Amanda Sizer Barrett, MBE. My thanks to Sutton Seeds of Torquay, sponsors of this podcast. I had a really good weekend in the garden last weekend. Uh, it was a bit cold one day, but you know, when I step into my polytunnel, it's just like going to the south of France. I mean, it's fantastic. If uh, you're like me, getting on in years, and the wind gets at you a bit, I'll tell you, you just need a cold greenhouse or a polytunnel to get in and out the wind. At the Grow South exhibition down near Chichester, I was interested to... Uh, find that the Newey Group, that's a really big uh, nursery group now, they've started what they call lean management and have collected up all of the new pots that are knocking about that haven't been used uh, and are going to offer them for the trade. They found literally tens of thousands and uh, if they can find likely buyer for some of these, uh, it's going to save them tens of thousands and of course save a lot of waste. What's new this week? Well, the all-party report to MPs from the uh, Boricultural Society, Bali, the British Association of Landscape Industries, the uh, Horticultural Trades Association and the uh, Royal Horticultural Society, they've all made a presentation to the government worried about the vanishing gardens and landscapes which uh, threaten the UK in the future. Uh, people tend to overlook the fact that horticulture in general uh, is worth over $24 billion. I mean, it's uh, an enormous sum of money. It employs quite a lot of people too, something like 1.6% of the employed population are working in horticulture. Uh, we raise quite a lot of money in taxes for the government, uh, but the general view is that we're overlooked. Uh, we don't have the support that we need. So I have my fingers crossed that this report might uh, stir a few people in the, the Houses of Parliament and perhaps we'll get a bit more attention. A number of us are particularly worried about the arrangements that are made to train young people. Uh, many of our horticultural colleges seem to have abandoned the training of young people for commercial horticulture and yet there are some really good jobs you know if you like growing things you can not only earn good money but you have a job that uh, really seems worthwhile and you very much like doing 
This weekend, of course, it's the Remembrance Weekend. And in the paper on Saturday, we've got a picture from one of the Belgian uh, memorial to the Great War. And the rose is there. You know, there's a rose bush planted alongside every headstone with some of those uh, frightening serried ranks of gravestones. But the roses this year, as if they knew it was the centenary, seem to be flowering their heart out. A really rich red variety called Remembrance uh, has done sterling work. Must be the fourth or fifth flush, I should think, but with uh, high summer temperatures and then some late summer rain, they're really flowering as they've never flowered before. We've also got, of course, the new rose, lest we forget, and the sales of that will help the memorial to the Bomber Command up near Lincoln. Out in the garden, it's uh, the new autumn season, so to speak, and if you've got green tomatoes, no point leaving those in greenhouses or outside. They'll just get frozen. So pick them, you know, cut the whole truss off so that you've got the stems and the fruit. Put them in trays, bring them into the warm, and they'll slowly ripen. With luck, we'll give you fruit right through to Christmas. If you're in a hurry and you want to speed up the ripening, well then, ethylene gas does just that. And it's given off by overripe fruit, particularly bananas and apples. And so uh, in your tray of green tomatoes, just make sure that there's a, an overripe banana or fairly close to the fruit bowl so it gets that ethylene. Ethylene will also encourage the bromeliads to flower. So if you've grown a pineapple from a green top, and they're fairly easy to root, although they make quite big houseplants, but if you want that to uh, fruit a bit more quickly, or flower and fruit, then ethylene gas will... Uh, trigger the flowering there is a downside of course to uh, the ethylene from ripening fruit don't let it get near tulip bulbs i'm afraid it damages the flowering so there's one or two tips for the green tomatoes keep on with the tidying now that the clocks have altered and we don't have uh, daylight hours in the evening i'm afraid it's weekends to uh, maintain all of those little tidying jobs that are absolutely essential. I've got two compost bins on the go, one for leaves and the other one, of course, for all the green debris. The leaves need a quite different treatment. They rot down into leaf mould due to the effect of fungi. If you keep them just wet, that's all the fungi needs to rot the leaves down. Compost, on the other hand, all the green waste, that needs temperature. And I always advise, if you can get two or three bins of lawn mowings and put that in the bottom of the heap, that really warms up very quickly and gets the whole heap rotting down. As the temperature drops, so the speed of rotting, I'm afraid, will slow down. Uh, and very shortly, it will be February, March, before we can shake the heaps up, get some air into them, and getting them rotting down again. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My guest today is Amanda Sizer Barrett of Garden X. Now, I've known Amanda for quite a few years, lovely young lady, but uh, has more experience probably in exporting gardening things than anyone. How are you today, Amanda? I'm very well, thank you, and even better for hearing that I'm described as a lovely young lady, so I've been in this <laughs> industry for far too long. <laughs> but thank you, it's a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, could you first of all um, outline why Garden X was formed and what it does? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, well, it was actually formed in 1961. It's it's a not-for-profit trade association. So its role is to help British suppliers with their business interests. And it was actually set up um, as a result of a group of companies going, I think it was to the Netherlands, um, and winning a prize for the, the exhibit at uh, this exhibition. And they decided instead of dividing the money between them, they were going to actually use it to try and take advantage of the interest in sales that had been shown at the, at the exhibition. Um, and as a result of that foresight, uh, Garden X was born. And since 1961, it's been promoting, lobbying um, and supporting British companies to export around the world. I mean, it would be fair to say that some of our brands have really good international reputation, don't they? The Brits. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yes. I mean, we are lucky, uh, and certainly it makes my job easier, because Britain is known as the home of hobby gardening, and it's respected by gardening enthusiasts around the world for our company's expertise and our innovation. Yeah, and, and usually um, we'll meet at European trade shows, but, of course, you work internationally. Yes, we do, yes. Um, we've Well, this last year we've um, taken part either with information stands or by visiting or by taking British groups to shows all over the world. Um, we've um, often worked in countries such as Japan as well as um, uh, USA. Uh, we've gone as far afield as Australia in the past. Uh, and we also have a, a very wide range of exhibitions that we visit um, or are represented at within Europe itself, as you say. Um, it's, it's, it's incredible, really, how many, um, how many different countries do have very good national exhibitions. Uh, and it's one way of trying to get that British um, name and the British gardening expertise shown to buyers who are visiting from across the world. And how would that work? I mean, if we talk about a trade show like uh, the one at Essen in Germany, if I go there, there'll be six or ten UK manufacturers on a group together. Do you sort of um, organise that? 
We do, yes. It's quite an involved process. Um, it's something that we've been doing for years, and it starts um, quite early on with trying to get uh, cash grants for smaller suppliers or newer exporters to help them with a participation. And for that, we have to lobby government. Um, it was an interesting process. Um, we, we're usually reasonably successful because we've got a, um, a track record of success there. Once we've actually put our bidding process in, and it's just um, we've just gone through that this year, in fact, for, for the next financial year, we then um, secure space from the organisers, market the event to appropriate suppliers, and then there's a whole process of support and help just to make life easier for those exporters who are going to attend that show. And you're right, IPM in Essen is one of those. Um, and we do everything, really. We do press releases, multilingual previews. Um, we drum up support from the British embassies and consulates over there as well. Uh, we try and give information um, about the market and uh, uh, even potential distributors and buyers' names to our exhibitor groups. And then we have a stand there as well, so we're there throughout the show to support them and then we support the suppliers afterwards by getting cash grants to them if they're eligible but also by helping them with all their follow-up so the leads that they take at the show aren't wasted and and uh, if i was a nurseryman as opposed to a manufacturer are there opportunities for me to there are, actually, yes. Uh, we don't have as many growers taking up the opportunities as suppliers. Uh, IPM is, is slightly different. We do have, um, have some companies who go there. David Austin Roses, for instance, has been a long-term exhibitor there, and there are others. Um, but growers um, in the UK have a particular challenge, as I know you know. Um, they obviously have... Uh, it's more difficult for them to export. They don't know what their production is going to be, if they've got enough production in the UK, then they may consider it's not worth the financial risk or the extra work and resource to begin to export. But uh, my view is that there are a lot of opportunities there for, for horticultural um, uh, growers to actually export around the world, and we'd love to help them. Yes, because in, you, know, you mentioned Raymond Everson mm. uh, on the Channel Islands, yes. you know, a leading international clematis breeder, his young plants would be fairly easy to transport. Well, they would. And in fact, um, he actually um, does very well indeed. He's one of the IPM exhibitors and uh, is renowned, obviously, for his uh, his range and is a very successful exporter and, uh, and a credit to the growing industry. Uh, and if I was a, a manufacturer, it, it's always been uh, my feeling that you really need a representative in the home country. So if I was going to export spades or whatever it was to the States, if I had a partner who was a, a local national, that that would help. Is yeah, that a you're sensible? You're right. Yeah, it makes it makes a big difference. One of our tasks and one of the things that we offer to um, to companies is to try and point them in the direction of the appropriate distributor um, for their needs, and, and obviously it varies depending on the product sector. So um, our research department is, is is superb at trying to match companies and potential distributors in whichever market they're they're targeting. Uh, the other thing, of course, that that um, uh, helps is uh, mail order catalogues. It's very easy for a British supplier to begin. 
begin exporting by finding a, a reputable um, uh, gardening catalogue uh, in wherever market they want to choose. Um, Germany has got some very strong ones uh, and it's a really good way to start exporting. So um, it, it depends on the product range and we try and match companies to the, the type of buyer that, that works best for them. Now at home, uh, the internet uh, and online trading is having quite a dramatic effect. Uh, will we as uh, UK manufacturers and growers be able to work direct with the consumer at some stage? Well, it's it's a tricky one. Um, different companies have different views on it. Uh, and obviously, commercially, um, it can be challenging to keep your traditional avenues of sale um, open while also embracing um, online and e-tailing. There are a lot of e-tailers internationally as well who are, who are starting up who are doing very well. Um, we do find that suppliers find their own way through this, but consumers are definitely using, especially younger consumers, are using online to purchase more. Um, but of course, this is a, a real challenge for the amazing garden centres uh, and, and outlets we've got in the UK who provide knowledge. And I think the knowledge is the differential, really, um, that still provides that USP of a, 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 a ground retailer rather than an online one. I love, I love that word, e-tailing. That's a new one for me. But then I'm an old grey-haired and not really... It's a bit of, bit of jargon for me. I, I don't tend to use it, but, yeah, that's, that's what it's known as internationally now. Yeah. And, Amanda, what about Brexit? Dare I mention that to you? Yes, well, you can imagine I've gone greyer since um, Brexit uh, reared its head. Um, it, to a certain extent, it's an opportunity for us in a, as an association, and we can't fail to recognise that. Um, our job is obviously to help companies um, with their exports, and they will need more and more help as the deadline of the 29th of March arrives, especially if a deal is not um, reached. Um, it is causing some hiatus in the UK market, which is a great shame. Uh, I, d I don't think any supplier is going to uh, ad admit anything other than a little bit of hesitation over uh, spending on innovation or perhaps um, taking on new staff or buying new machinery at the moment. Um, but what we're doing is we're trying to be very pragmatic. Uh, we're trying to gather together all the information that we can about the potential um, uh, work and changes that companies will need to make in the different scenarios and then to try and supply as much of that in a really easy to digest simple way so that they can be prepared and it doesn't actually cause stasis in their own um, in their own uh, sales which which is, of course is a danger um, it is frustrating um, a huge amount of government time and effort is being redirected towards brexit instead of perhaps looking at uh, what happens beyond that and the the opportunities that may exist further afield in the long-term future. Um, whichever way you voted, um, I think that everyone is aware that there are opportunities out there in the world and certainly for the gardening industry. So um, we, we really want to get past this and then really help companies, even if it means uh, advising them on the customers' procedures, etc., that we haven't had for 40-plus years. Yeah. I mean, my feeling is that Everybody will muddle through. I can't think that the Dutch, for example, will want to stop exporting plants to us or the Germans' cars or the French their wine. Uh, the politicians are all sort of shuffling about, aren't they, trying to uh, protect their own backs. But in practice, commerce will find its answers, won't it? 
Well, to be honest, Peter, I couldn't agree with you more. I think you've summed it up perfectly. Uh, we've got as many companies who are actually importing into the, the garden centres and DIY stores, etc., in the UK, and, and it goes for every sector. So um, it, it will happen, but I think it, it's, it's a shame that it's just caused this, this hiatus in, in, in um, expansion, which I think um, you know, could, could well take place. But uh, we'll be very glad when, when we've got it out of the way and we can actually just, just get on. British companies have exported around the world. You know, in 1961, there was no European market, common market, and uh, therefore we will do so again. It just, it just will mean ad- adapting. And I think British companies are very good at that. We're, we're quite entrepreneurial and we're quite stubborn as well. So um, <laughs> we're, we're, I think we'll make it through. I remember when I first started in this business, uh, we needed quotas to import bulbs from Holland. Uh, that was in the early 1950s, and it was remarkable uh, how various things were done uh, to ensure that if somebody here wanted to buy bulbs, mm. uh, that the Dutch supplier had the quota and, of course, the money because there was a control on the amount of money you could spend abroad. It's so much freer now, isn't it? We all travel so much more easily. We're uh, really international, all of us. It's true. And I mean, I I wasn't aware of that. And it just shows you that that companies will trade and and we are a trading nation. But you are right. I mean, when we go to trade shows now and you go to IPM and and you've been to Gaffer and and I go to the same shows, it is extraordinary how many buyers that we meet from across the world. Um, We saw so many South uh, South American um, countries represented at this year's Gaffer. Um, it's, It's a truly international market and it's a small place we all need to trade we all need to 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 find new markets and uh, it it will it will continue um it, it's just uh, it, it's just really trying to you know i think a lot of companies just want to get on with it get it out of the way and get on with it <laughs> and, and i certainly want to get it out of the way <laughs> and to get on with it uh, amanda it's great speaking to you today if there is somebody listening and we have uh, listeners around the world fortunately and they want help either uh, importing or exporting, I suppose, but particularly those at home wanting to or thinking about exporting, what would they do? Well, um, we would say, obviously, um, that we would welcome their call. What we'd do is talk through with them their export ambitions and also their priorities. Um, We always do an initial interview and meeting to find out what capability a company has, and then we'll harness our our advice accordingly. Um, And uh, if they get in touch uh, with us direct, or they look on our new website, which is www.gardenex.com, they'll find a lot of information there. and our team here at the White House embraced it in Kent. Um, the Garden of England um, will be very happy to help them. So uh, uh, we, we look forward to assisting any company that's got uh, international ambitions because uh, it's a wasted opportunity if they don't try exporting. Not half. Uh, and, and what does it cost? Uh, the membership depends. It depends on the turnover of the company. So for a small company, we have a small membership subscription of a, a, a couple of hundred quid to start them off to, to get them on the export route. And it's around six hundred, seven hundred pounds for a larger company. So, for that, they will get access to all our research, all our buying contacts, uh, our advice, uh, the cash grants, and uh, uh, just really any export advice just at the other end of the phone. Amanda, it's great to speak to you. Look forward to seeing you at Essen, if not 
before. I look forward to it. And I have to say, Peter, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for your dedication and support for the UK gardening sector. Um, it's always valued and you are an absolute expert in your field. Now I'm blushing. Thanks, Amanda. <laughs> OK, thank you, Peter. I'm just back from the Dutch trade fairs uh, in Alsmere near Schiphol. And goodness, there was masses to see. I need to just uh, spend a weekend thinking about what there was uh, and we'll get a full report to you next week. Earlier in the week, I went to uh, a talk by Margaret Thrower, uh, the daughter of Percy Thrower, the uh, true celebrity when it came to gardening. And Margaret was talking about three generations of gardening her own experiences, that of her dad, and of her grandfathers. One of her grandfathers on her mother's side, Charles Cook, was head gardener at the Royal Estate in Windsor, and she told a remarkable story, one that I hadn't heard before. Apparently, when Mrs Simpson arrived on the scene, she went into the peach and nectarine houses when they were in full flower and was uh, so charmed by them, broke off branches and took them to decorate her bedroom. Now, I can tell you, if you were the royal head gardener with, uh, well, acre and acre of greenhouses and you had five or six hundred men all working, training, for example, peaches and nectarines, beautifully fanned, ready to crop in the autumn, and somebody came out and broke the branches off in flower, you would be apoplectic, as I understand Charles was. But uh, fortunately, uh, the late Queen Mary came in and saved the day. She understood what was going on and suggested that he moved to Sandringham uh, and he became head gardener there. Thanks again to Sutton Seeds of Torquay, sponsors of this podcast. And thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>